Can I give yeah. you a traditional Sydney greeting? Yes, please. Hi, what school did you go to? Melbourne Cup today. Uh, another protester parking their car and disrupting traffic. The funny thing I've noticed, the car that gets parked in front of the trains and in, um, in front of the entrance to the, the Flemington Racecourse, it's never a Porsche four-wheel drive or a BMW convertible, is it? No, because people who own those cars are too busy being um, employed and stuff. But I, I, I get what they're saying, and, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a very uh, physically demanding... Uh, race for these horses and you know what I completely agree so on the weekend I did this I did the same thing and I went down to the Noosa Triathlon and I covered myself in my own diarrhea and uh, threw Powerade on the runners and I said how can you do that to your bodies how can you live with yourself putting your bodies through that a warm a decanter of banter welcome to Carlos from Bootleg Rascal how you going mate how are you mate I'm very well, man. How are you? I am all right. I took a couple of clients out for a long lunch this afternoon. The, the waitress comes over and gives me some still water. I say, um, hello, 2018, where's my sparkling water? And the manager comes over, and instead of apologising, he's like, hey, listen, mate, stop yelling at everyone. Deplorable. The option, at least the option. Um, you, you'd be living the high life by now as a rock star. Are you a demanding person like Mariah Carey who expects strawberries and cream for every show? I always like to say that, you know, we're, we're the shittest band in the world until we're told otherwise. You know, and I, I think that that saying kind of keeps our heads kind of in check sometimes. But, you know, sometimes you gotta get you got to let the diva come out here and there, you know? But let's talk about the album some more. I, I really appreciate that you've brought back the skits, the skits in between yeah. songs. So, you know, we're, um, we're all massive hip-hop fans. Huge hip hop fans, I yes. think. Um, you know, and that's something that's really pr prominent in those like '90s albums. You know, and even like the Eminem show album. You know, those skits that they had during the songs in between yes. and stuff to kind of break up the album. There is actually one exception to the law against urinating in public. You know what that is? What is that? If you're urinating on a rap album that doesn't have skits on it. <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair, but there are some great rap albums that don't have skits in it. Oh, no. <laughs> now that I say that, I'm trying to think of one, and I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a most, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a most deaf album. Oh, no. They at least start with an intro that has like a, like, you know, yeah, exactly. a montage. I have a lovely hip-hop skit story for you, if, if I can have uh, 10 to 15 minutes of your time, briefly. Yeah, of um, course. I, I'll start in the middle like any good film would. I was sitting in a uh, university tutorial and I heard what could only be described as pornographic noises coming from someone's laptop. I was looking round, I was, I was trying to hold in my laughter and I thought some dick has, some dick has been watching porn and then opened up his laptop in class without having closed it. I'll, oh, take, you, no. <laughs> I'll take you back to the beginning. I was running late for this particular tutorial and at the time I had a phone, it was a really old phone, like an iPhone 2. To turn the phone on, I would have to switch the phone off silent. And so it must have been rubbing around in there. Now, I only had a couple of albums on, uh, on my phone at the time. One of them was one by Notorious B.I.G. Uh, called Ready to Die. You might recall there is an interlude <laughs> called Fucking. And it's essentially two people... I don't know. Fucking. <laughs> yep. And is that you ask the question. 
No, that, that actually happens a few times on, 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 on his album, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, that happened to be on full volume in my pocket. And <laughs> <laughs> to make matters worse, just before I got to class and why I was running a bit late, is because I went to have a bit of a, a splash in, in the urinal before I came. And I, um, I, I used the, the sink, but it was rather... It was it was rather a, a oh, hyper sink. No, it splashed a little bit in my trousers. Oh. So I've walked in with wet stains on my trousers, and then porn starts playing out of my phone, and it takes me about a minute and a half to realise because I'm convinced it's someone else, but everyone starts looking at me, and the tutor eventually has to stop and just look at me, and I had, to, heavy. I had to take it out and turn it off in front of everyone. But yeah, that's that's the risk you run when you have skits wow. on your album. Well, definitely. There's, it's happened to me a few times, actually, a very similar story. Um, at the end of Respect, which is also a Biggie Small song, yes. um, there's uh, a woman at the end of it uh, doing, doing some things <laughs> with Biggie Smalls, and it gets a bit awkward yep. at the end of the recording there. And there's been a few times that we've been in a van listening to the song and we've just let the song play and everyone just kind of looks at each other quite awkwardly and <laughs> it gets changed very quickly. And the, and, there are, and, a, and a bunch of nuns are walking down the street and you've got all your windows oh, down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everyone knows when bootleg rolls into town, you know. Pornographic yeah, exactly. hip-hop interludes. hip-hop interludes all the time. Good evening. A very good evening to you. Happy Halloween. From myself and all the other cultural misappropriators of southeast Queensland, happy Halloween. Or scary Halloween. I think happy happy's already taken with happy birthday, Merry Christmas, scary Halloween. We can't have two happy happy days a year. We have to save some serotonin for later. Um, here's my little Halloween tip for those who are celebrating today. Buy a pumpkin, right? Now carve the pumpkin up. Um, But now cut it up into pieces, uh, put it in um, a nice vegan Thai pumpkin curry and then serve it up and scare the hell out of your kids who were told they were getting steak for dinner. Good morning and welcome to a decanter of banter, South East Queensland's most controversial 12 till 2am radio show. We got Bob from Beijing Bikini. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks. Very well. And yourself? Oh, I, I had a coffee a bit earlier on after my curry, and I'll tell you what, we better, we better make this interview quick. Oh, good, good. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yes, but here, here's the issue with uh, playing uh, a gig in a record store, because I was I was hanging out the other day, I was just sort of sitting, sitting down, and a mm. mate messaged me, he said, Harry, get to the Mercure Hotel Level 2 right now. I'll explain right. later, just get here. And then I had another mate simultaneously messaging me, Harry, level two, Mercure Hotel, get here ASAP. And I was sitting there oh. thinking, it's either one of two things, naked women or they're giving away free money. Yeah, so right, right. I immediately ran all the way to the Mercure Hotel, ran up to level two, and I burst in the door, and there is this seminar going on. It's like one of those get-rich-quick seminars. With some fast-talking right. Irishman who's trying to convince everyone to invest in the international property market, and oh he he's and so I sit down. My, my my friends are at the front with notepads and pens. I'm going, what is actually going on? And this Irishman is saying, look, I'm selling my DVDs and tickets to my seminar, and they 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 can only be bought here today, and because they could only be bought there, he knew that everyone who walked out 
and didn't buy a DVD or a ticket to his three-day seminar wasn't going. And so he started getting like, things got really weird and he got abusive. And he was saying, you want to work till you're 65 in a dead-end job you hate and die poor and lonely and never travel in your life? You need me! You need my DVDs! And, and oh I assume that that would be relatively similar to if you do a gig in a record shop and you know that if people leave without buying your, your record, that, they, that they, they don't want to buy it. So you know every single person who's not heard you and then is not buying your record. And you feel like you might get a bit abusive when you see that. I mean, you never know. I mean, we might, get, we might take it really personally or something. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're all pretty humble. <laughs> and so I wandered back to my desk and I said, Sorry, guys, I just... Well, I had a nap in the wellness room. And they said, well, that's okay, mate. That's, you know, what it's for. You know, when you're tired and when you're stressed, you go to the wellness room. This, the thought suddenly occurred to me. What if, you know, I was a bit stressed, okay? Maybe there was some stuff going on in my personal life. And I get to the office and I'm, uh, I'm quite, quite stressed. And I, instead of going to my desk, I just go up the elevator, walk straight into the wellness room, just sit down, pull my hair and go, and then at five o'clock, the whistle blows, everyone's leaving the office, and I go, Kah! pack up my stuff. I'm um, sorry, there's just some uh, kids skating in the, in the car park. I'm just I'll give them a, a few words. Uh, kids, kids, do you know where I can buy some drugs? Hi, Ro. You right? All right, oh, good. Yeah. What's well, your BSB? <laughs> Oh, they're organised drug oh. dealer kids. I'm just interviewing a couple of thespians. I'll be right out. Cheers. That guy's got a lot of yoga. Oh, the kids. No, no thespians. <laughs> Thespi... Not... They think you said lesbian. Oh, God, they're coming in. They're coming Not in. lesbians. Lock the doors. Lock the doors. <laughs> so, the miscreants, they're out in parole, and they're in a 4ZZZ studio on a decanter of banter. Guy, it's so good to see you. Oh, thanks for having us, mate. Absolutely stoked to be here. Out of jail, out of jail. It was a, it was a risky thing letting us out, but here we are. Straight to 4ZZZ. Yes. I've always said, if I, I was like, I was in there, I was trading cigarettes, and I was like, the day I get out, I'm heading straight to decanter of banter. I want to decant. <laughs> well, well, we'll introduce ourselves. Uh, it's Silly Sunday, so we'll go anti-clockwise today. What's Ooh. your name, sir? Um, I'm Matt McAnally, founder of The Miscreants. Founder and managing partner. Founder and managing partner, yeah, yeah. And I am uh, Henry Bretz. I am a, I don't know, I don't really have a title in The Miscreants. I'm a performer, the dynamo writer. You're a freelancer. Yeah. It's a contract thing. It's Uber. I'm freelancer. Sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm very much, yeah, I get a rating at the end of each rehearsal. Uh, it's, all, it's all good and gold. And Matt doesn't have to pay you for dental insurance. Oh, no, no, no he does do that. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle... Oh, he wasn't a dentist, was he? I don't know why I went for him. He was a veterinarian. He was a vet, yeah. Yeah, very central to the premise of Dr. Doolittle was that he... Yeah, I'm sure he did vet teeth. He Uh, had teeth, though. He did have teeth. No one talks about dog dentists. No. Is that a thing? Because Dr. Doolittle's black, you just presume he's a dentist. That Well, listen, and I hate to racially profile, but, you know, it's a big thing in the United States, criminal justice reform. We've got to stop shooting unarmed dentists in the street. (laughs) And I won't rest until it's bloody done, Harry Rivaldi. I won't bloody rest. Anyway, what we're talking about, Miscreants. Uh, the Miscreants. It's, well, it's a comedy group, but my question is, why is your comedy group have a name that sounds like a middle-aged punk rock band? Matt, you're probably best for this one. Matt. That is a very, very good question. Um, I just wanted to capture the um, off-the-wall sort of style that we go for. We don't really settle on anything that's normal. If, um, if it's normal, um, it's got to either immediately proceed by something incredibly fucked up, or we'll scrap it and do something weirder. Well, when I saw the trailer for your upcoming production, uh, Back From The Dead... Uh, I I sort of had the same reaction as when I saw that weird mark on my willy. I mm. said, "What is it?" 
And that's what we want to go for. And we'll probably put that on the poster now that you brought it up, Harry. It will <laughs> it will be as enjoyable as the weird mark you find on your willy. Yeah, we want to inspire yeah. that kind of fear. Yeah, but but I'll show it. I'll show mine to more people. Your well, you know, we'll we'll compare ticket sales at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you. Oh damn, Harry pipped us yeah. on the Wednesday night with his willy mark. Well, yeah. I already got my tickets. I won't lie. Something that we do that probably tries to make us stand out playing with the delivery of speech and there's a lot of that kind of weirdness and weird physicality in Australian comedy at the what moment. stick going around. Yeah, so we tried to make our stands out, ourselves stand out by saying let's have real stories, let's build a universe and Matt obviously did this at the beginning as the founder. Let's build... Re- exactly. Uh, we, we, more recurring characters, more uh, stories that actually have moments that are not afraid to not be funny for a couple of minutes. I know in one of our plays, the Cadisav Book Club, uh, that Matt wrote. There are real moments. It's about uh, four ladies coming together. Uh, they're kind of ascot mums, I suppose, would be the best comparison. And they just have a glass of wine and discuss a book. But there are genuine moments in that. While it's very funny and there's a lot of that slapstick of real sadness and yeah. tragedy of these women's arts. Yeah, I really like basing comedy out of some real pain. That's the kind of comedy that I, I enjoy watching. And I think you, you leave the theatre with a deeper... A, a deeper experience when it's based out of something incredibly real rather than going along and seeing, I don't know, a bit of clowning, a bit of slapstick and having a good chuckle. You leave having changed something a little bit. Yeah, and there is still one-liners and there are still gags and musical gags and stuff. It's all still definitely within the genre of comedy. But yeah, I'd say you'll probably leave our show saying, oh, I saw some real stories there. And we're not afraid to, yeah, give the characters some time to breathe without it having to be joke, joke, joke every second. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember seeing Jimmy Carr live, and mm. and it does become a little bit tiresome that concept of everything you say is a one-liner. Oh, I, I wanted yeah. something deeper. I, I he That's would awesome. start telling a story about I don't know a dead parent or something, and I'll go here we go, and then he'd make a joke about a dead parent, and you go oh, okay. I mean, he has a wife, so yeah. surely he has said something genuine at some point. And well, I, th- I think this is why he does so well on talk shows. Yeah. And and um, quiz and the shows. panel, the panel shows, and yeah. Because yeah. when he can pop in with that fat one-liner, it's incredibly effective. But for an hour and a half, hot dog, oh. your face gets physically sore. It's so funny that you use Jimmy Carr as a. As a I'm like, well, you're very funny, Mister Cabin. My face hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I want health insurance. But zero out of five, we'll be coming back. I will be suing you for negligence for my cheeks. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like this and we're making it sound like it's not going to be funny. It is still funny. Yeah, what's your resale policy? I did, I did pick up a couple. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can be sad uh, in my own time. Yeah. Thank you very <laughs> much, miscreants. Like, I'm sad for the other 22 and a half hours of my day. Why do I pay money what the to be sad about other offer, people's issues? What the miscreants can offer you is a different type of sad. For, <laughs> yeah. for an hour and a half. It's sad in a room chock block with other people. Yeah, exactly. Look, be you sad together. We, we, just, we just got a text in from Terry from Belimba. He's got a question. Yep. Terry asks, why do people go to so much effort to create comedy with you know irony, puns, and fart noises? Wouldn't it be more efficient just to have a group of people walk in, sit down, and then just, just show footage of an elderly person slowly falling down an escalator? That's not unlike what we used to do. We yeah. would have these memes in the middle of the... We'd show just clips of old people and weird YouTube videos that we yeah. found. So, Terry, I, I think we're going to scratch your itch, mate. Yeah, yeah, please come along. If, you, if you're into, you know, getting 90 people in a room and locking the doors and making them watch a minute and a half of animals shitting. Yeah, like Clockwork Orange. Which comedy. we literally Harry, we literally did. People still yeah. come to like me to and don't want to come to a show. They'll, they'll say, can we come to the show? And I'll be like, yeah, please come along. 
They're like, are there going to be animals shitting? They're still scarred from it. It, it wouldn't yeah. happen to be the, the hippopotamus farting footage I remember seeing one day. And it was <laughs> a hippopotamus it? farting and then just... <laughs> poo just goes flying out the back. And at first, it's like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But then it just keeps on going. Yeah. And in the video, there is a child at the front who's laughing at the beginning. And then after about five minutes, they're going, why? And that child is really symbolic of democracy. And that's, so. that's something for everyone to take away from this. So the hippopotamus's arsehole is the Westminster system. Mm. The poo is politics. And the, the child stain, is I the, the stain concerned of the poo. Yeah. yeah, the poo's the economy. Poo's the economy. Right. Yeah. The kid is cabinet government. Mm. And it's right. just sort of getting splattered everywhere. I guess ScoMo... I was about to say ScoMo's the butt pubes. Uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's defamation. I don't think so. I went to three out of like ten of my media law um, lectures, and mm. I'm pretty sure you can't defame politicians. You can't. First time because they're lizards. Yeah, oh, and this can't defame a lizard. Defame a lizard. <laughs> As it says in Genesis 1:16, and God said to the man, "Lizard, can't defame him, mate. Get back to stoning." I don't know. Um, why is it coming out a little bit? After Halloween, was there an administrative error? Did a comedy clerk have their career ended <laughs> by an oversight, not filed documents on time? And You know, when you went to the school formal, the formal wasn't the best bit. It was the post. Think mm. of Halloween as the formal. We're the post. We're in a dirty warehouse in Dara. You've got to pay $25 to get in. Then we're going to release photos afterwards that will get sent to the dean of students of you, you know, drinking beer in a uniform. And everyone smells like Lynx body spray. Everyone's Africa, baby. Obviously, it's you... going to take a lot to get me away from you. <laughs> what if Lynx genuinely in court had to, like, defend themselves, being like, listen, we didn't mean to make it this sexy. We are so sorry to the victims. It's just so sexy. I know a little bit about you, Henry. Uh, this is not my first Henry Rodeo. This me is on the it. back of Henry slapping your ass. Uh-huh. Look, uh, you don't like to give much away about the the, the show in I terms know. of the jokes, but yeah. you know we, we understand it's horror. Obviously, you've probably gone and done some research. You've gone to some scary locations like you know South Brisbane Cemetery, yeah. the old windmill, and the smokers section of Flying Cock on a Saturday night. That's where we. That's where most of it was inspired from. That's, that's yeah. where we met. Yeah. yeah. Do you want a vodka Red Bull? Yeah. Do you want to write four plays and put them on in the valley? <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Not much else on. It's called networking. Yeah. Well, as I always say, networking is all around us. Ah. Oh. You think we're socializing now, doing a radio thing? No, I'm networking. You are? You, you'll get a business card. Going I'm at a wedding ceremony. I'm holding the rings. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling the vows to my wife-to-be. People say, that's a wedding. I say, no, this is networking. I'm just networking so I can yep. have an opportunity to meet my kids. Yep. You were going to get me jobs. Social climbing. Yep. That's it, baby. <laughs> if my father couldn't get me one, well, my, sure, my kids sure as well will. <laughs> Imagine that nepotism with your kids. It's like, I now have a job at Brumby's. Uh, my, my son had a part-time job there. I knew, I knew some people in the back, and now I'm giving out Danishes on Sunday. Yeah, now I'm casual. You know those judges' associates... <laughs> Their sons always judges. <laughs> imagine, imagine if like some forty-year-old guy's like, and here's my new associate, my eighty-year-old dad. Say hi, Derek. Hello, boy. There are the judges' associates. Yeah, that's meeting funny. up at the bowls club after work. You yeah. always find them there. Yeah, jeez, and they're not bowling. You're right. We are a bit secretive, but I think we can give you some. We can give you some insight. Give you a little taste. What's the? I mean, the structure of the show is interesting because I'd never been involved before. I met Matt. I'd never been involved in something like this, but it's very much lots of a few three to four short plays. We usually do each slot, so you're getting mm. you're getting bang for your buck. 
Yeah, yeah, we pieced together um, three or four 20-minute, 30-minute plays um, with a, a bit of a musical or video interlude in between. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll do two, kick everyone out for intermission, get them back in, yep. and yeah, the, the show goes down very nicely with a, with a cup of 4X, so... Be prepared for that. Bring it. Bring yeah. your bring your piggy bank and crack it open on the on the sidewalk out the front of Metro Arts and spend a couple of bucks at the bar. You won't regret it. We nice. do encourage. Yeah, we very much encourage having a few drinks. It's a, it's a yeah. quite. It's fast and loose. It's yeah, a, it's a good night. How do we feel about toilet breaks during the show? Oh, hold no. it. Mm. Yeah, unless you're going to do it. You want me to seat. smash some lagers and then giggle my pants off? Either you have to take one of the two. Either I can laugh or I don't drink beer. Well, the doors locked. So yeah, mate, you're gonna. I don't <laughs> So we imprison. Eyes are peeled back. <laughs> what if there are people you say, you know, go get a drink at the interval? What if mm. there's you come out and you peek through the curtain and there's a couple of people who just, you know, those kind of. There's always a couple in the tour group who just want to sit around in the, in the in the in their seats during intermission. You just kind of come running out and go, get out, get out, get out. Well, this happens a bit because mm. we usually play a video during intermission, some sort of rolling loop footage. Bit of a loop. And we, I guess we turn the lights up still and still try to encourage Oh, they're definitely to aware that it's intermission. Mm. Um, I just, I assume they're not thirsty or they're just loving those those chairs. Those chairs in the Lumen Room at Metro Arts are rather comfortable. I, I can't blame them. Yeah, why would you leave? Yeah. You, don't want, you don't want them to be too comfortable, you know what I mean? If anyone has ever been to the nice leather seats yeah. at one of those lecture theatres at UQ. It's tempting. Yeah. Yeah. They it's won't tempting. sleep in this. We yell so much during the plays yeah. as well. That's yeah. what they, It's almost one of our signatures is there's a bit of yelling. Yeah. And, and here's, a, here's a warning to all those snoozers out there. Um, you will be picked on for audience participation. Oh, God, Great. Yeah. And Great. You, you will be sent the lines in a hot PDF with your ticket. So <laughs> yeah. get ready. Not unlike a nightmare on Elm Street, don't sleep or you will be targeted. I've seen too many horror movies to sleep. Yeah. I've seen that. That's that remember that Simpsons wrong. episode where Willie is in the dream Willie in the dream yeah. oh yeah talk That's... to me about Willie in the dream uh, talk about the mark on the Willie there you go yeah he, it all We've ties back back yeah. to the beginning all we'll wrap it up there yeah. no we can't wrap it up we actually have one more text in from Terry from Belimba what do you got from Terry, uh, Hello, Terry. Terry. he texts a lot this Terry from Belimba <laughs> he's prolific he is <laughs> Great reception in Belimba, so he's probably just getting yeah. them through. He's got hot fingers. Yeah. Hot fingers. Speedy thumbs, they call him. Get him a knee top uh, rod. Well, if we can stop interrupting Terry for a moment. Sorry, Terry. Sorry. Uh, Terry says, both my parents died when I was at a young age. Mm. I enjoy heckling at comedy gigs. Is this a type of show where I'll be free to heckle? Uh, strange way to start the question. <laughs> um <laughs> I am. I'm a sucker for a for a sad backstory. So Terry, yes, Terry can one exception. Terry can he heckle. has his heckle permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to wear that on a lanyard around the neck. You know, come in with 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 your heckle permit, and you'll get away with it's it. It's like but, test yeah. cricket challenges. You get three. Yeah, make them good heckles, and if it's a good heckle, you you don't lose it. You can you can, you can keep your three. That's actually yeah. a great rule because we used to have this when we would have a group of people watching The Bachelor together, and we said you got to be silent. And if you've got a zinger, it has to. You have to believe mm. in it because you will get judged. Everyone will either give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if you got a thumbs down, you were banned for the rest of it. You weren't. <laughs> you weren't allowed to say anything. So you really had to time your jokes well. That sounds yeah. like a horrible way to watch The Bachelor. Yeah, it wasn't relaxing socialising, <laughs> yeah. but it was a great training ground for comedy. Uh, <laughs> Which is what all, as you said, networking. Networking. It's just a bit of networking, mate. got one good thing out of The Bachelor. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's a market for great hecklers. What if I could tell you there were hecklers who were too good? Everything they, everything was a zinger. And yeah. then you actually paid to see a great heckler. And, and the, the nervous, bumbling, pimple-faced comedian was free. 
Yeah, it's yeah. called the Pato Tavern, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, got, it's called the Sit Down Comedy Club. Believe me, there are professional hecklers there. Damn. They get a garlic bread and they will go. You should you should go and do a bit of stand up at the Pato Tavern. But but here's the thing, right? Uh, Wouldn't it be better to die thinking I could have done comedy and I yeah. might have been really really good at it, than try and go? Well, I had a go and it failed. You know, there's the old saying of you get to not put effort into something and if it goes well, you're a genius. And if it goes badly, oh, well, I didn't prepare. I, Harry's uni career in 10 words or less. Yeah, basically. That's hot. It's, it, co- it's called self-sabotage. No, it's not. It is, judging by your eyebrows. Well, it's almost self... Uh, it's maybe. It's almost self-preservation in, in many respects. In that you have a fallback. You can fall back on your own laziness. You're, you've weaponized your ineptitude. Yeah. I feel like you're just going to be sad either way. If you try and fail or if you don't try at all. So you might as well be sad around some funny people. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Be sad together. You aren't just thinking outside the box. Mm. You're in the box and you're telling everyone who else is in the box that this is not a box. Well, like the because, po- yeah. yeah. Because the wow. miscreants. It sounds like a band. It has its own merch. Yeah. Is this the future of comedy? Are, am I going to see this and go see a stand-up comedian and go, yes. there's something missing? Yes. Can we and just get the grab? <laughs> if we could just get the grab of, is this the future of comedy? We'll say yes. And then we'll just plaster that on the social media because that's yeah. all we need. Yes. <laughs> and then we go to an ad. Not that you have ads on this station, but... A lot of ads. Yeah, a lot uh, of ads. I don't tell the, pro- the producers, but I do accept a lot of money from oh, yeah. palm oil companies. No, fair. And oh. you just work it in. You just work it Yeah, in. I say little things like, Taiwan, what's that? I know Chinese Taipei. Oh. Ching, 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 ching Chinese ching. government. Ching, ching, pun intended. So you, you were spy. I love palm many- oil in yeah. my coffee. <laughs> I didn't think it was weird that Rupert Murdoch was standing in the corner of the studio the whole time we were doing this. Rupert, how you doing, mate? And he's just been slipping you. He's been asking for your BSB the whole time. <laughs> it's really weird. I'm like, six numbers, dude. Just get it. <laughs> yeah, but, Harry. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Chris, we have uh, uh, four plays. The Virgin Declan is our first play. Written by the lovely Henry Bretts. Written and directed by the lovely Henry Bretts. The prolific Henry Bretts. Mm. Yes. Uh, and I, basically, it is the story of three boys who have a curse placed on them by a witch. And in order to get out of the curse, they have to sacrifice a virgin. And the chaos ensues from there. So that's a fun one. That's sort of, you know, 25 minutes. Yeah. Then we've got The Hound. The Hound is a story of two brothers, two rather distant brothers who are, are working through the issues of their relationship. The, the Hound. It's very, very thrilling stuff. Then we'll do an intermission. Mm-hmm. We'll come back. We'll do a short piece by myself called Planes. I think the less you know, the better for Planes. Yeah. So we'll just let you come along and figure that one out for That's yourself. That's Brett's the Enigma. And then the final play is one that we've done a couple of times, yeah. written and directed by the magnificent Matt McAnally here, yeah. called the Cab Sav Book Club. Yeah, the Cab Sav Book Club, a tale of four wine mums from Chelmer who, however, there's, um, there's a bit of trouble in the court. One of them wants the book club cancelled. Things get a little eerie. We would be remiss, I think, to... I've lost my train of thought. God, it was good though. Oh, it was good. You, was you so were on good. the train of thought and then your go card was expired. Yeah. They kicked you off the train of thought. <laughs> now, you're, uh, now you're going to have to pay oh, some no. money for the... You're stranded shit. in Al Tandy. Yeah. Oh, 11pm on a Thursday night. The Uber oh. of contemplation is on its way, mate. <laughs> Seen it, but We've it, got another text in from uh, one of our listeners, Terry from Balimba. Terry. And he's texted in and says, Hi guys, I'm incredibly overweight. At least that's what it seems to say. There's a lot of typos. It might be the, the chubby fingers. Um, it's on one of those old phones. Fat shaming, yay or nay? Is the comedian themselves overweight? 
Uh, no, because I think Me- you can you can use your own. Talking about celebrities, uh, in the sense that I mean, a fa- uh, when you fat shame a particular person, you fat sh- you what you essentially do is you make fun of everyone who is that approximate size. So if I was mm. the same size as Kim Beasley, and someone made a joke about how fat Kim Beasley is, I'd be like, well, that's a joke about me. Yeah, there's a lot of scope when you do have when you are making fun of your own body. It's a tricky question when yeah, it's relating just, to someone. Yeah, stepping back to the the point you made earlier, Henry, about how it shouldn't make you feel uncomfortable. I remember when Jonah Hill was getting shredded about being overweight, and it made me very sad. Was that during the roast of? Oh, you signed some serious roast. waivers when you go to those roasts. It's though. been a consistent thing for him though. Like, and then he when he got thin, so yeah. it clearly was affecting him. It was yeah. affecting him. And he's he's come out and said he uh, he posted something on on Instagram at one point. I think it was quite recent saying how it actually did affect him and how um how uh. he's, he's had to make a bit of a change. Again, I think, but what you keep doing is we keep coming back to fat shaming or trans. It's like everyone say, we have a, as a society, we do have this tendency to say, what topics can we joke about? I don't think there's any topic you can't joke about. It You have to go on a joke by joke basis. So you can't say fat shaming, yes or no. And if everyone goes, yep, it's fine, that automatically means any fat shaming joke is fine. It isn't because there might be one that, again, is punching down or is just mocking or is yeah. it clever or original. Again, it comes back to being clever or original. So any topic can be made to have an interesting take and a funny take. I, I, I lived in a share house with a guy, got about four years ago. Showing my age now, aren't I? Yeah. And he, well, he quite literally, this is, it was a factual remark on my behalf. He had like no pecs. Like he's like one of those male bodies where it's just like, it was like flat, almost inverted where his nipples were. Like mm. a pigeon chest sort yeah, of thing. Like yeah, like something. No, it wasn't I've got a similar situation. It wasn't a deformity. It was just okay. like, he just didn't have pecs. Okay. I don't know. Um, and I, to paraphrase, said, LOL, you got like no pecs. Yeah, and that night we had another roommate who had some gym gear, and it was just outside my window. And I was going to bed about you know eleven, and all the lights were off in the house, and I just heard some creeping outside. And I, in the darkness, this illuminated by the moonlight, and I peeped through my window, and this particular gentleman who I made the remark about was there, quietly doing some weights, <laughs> exercising his pecs. Sesh. <laughs> a moonlight sesh. Oh. A moonlight pec sesh. And oh, I realised at that moment that that words have consequences. Sticks and stones may break your bones, or they might force you to get out and go lift some weights in the middle of the night, as the saying Absolutely. does. Go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, did he thank you? You've made a positive impact on his life. You How's know what? Just now, he's got a nice girlfriend now. Oh, that's oh, good. good. And here, here am I, in the radio, two guys. Getting touched on the ass from all angles. The radio's your girlfriend, mate, and I wish you wouldn't keep telling people what we do in the studio. It is a audio <laughs> medium. They don't need to know about the ass touching they, they every don't week. Need to know how many clothes we're wearing. Speaking they of darkness, can we turn the lights on in here? <laughs> it's, it's weird that none of us have seen each other. Why yeah. have you got a brown paper bag on your head? <laughs> so weird that you do this, Mars. I'm into it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, one in three usually are. <laughs> yeah, that's the ratio. That's the ratio. <laughs> it's a great ratio here tonight. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I think. Self-love is your own sort of, um, it's your own responsibility. I think you've got to take it upon yourself to build your own self-worth. And if, mm. if something as simple as somebody else's words can make you feel that horrible about yourself, um, maybe you need a perspective shift to change, change what you think about 
um, how much your image actually is a part of your self-worth. Yes, and I think, and Matt's also selling a few copies of Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules for Life here, Gosh. signed by Matt. Um, so if you, listeners, if you Matt, wanna... is, Matt wrote the 13th rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My new book coming out soon, the 13th rule. The 13th rule, baby. Right. So I've got another question. Please, one more. Yeah, okay, one yeah, more. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so there's multiple people in this comedy group and sometimes yep. for a great comedy group there's a dynamic where one person perhaps is you know the Andy someone who's a bit more quiet mm. uh, do you have an Andy or do, is there a space for everyone to sort of shine and not just be the wall that the, the handball comedy gets bounced off yeah the way we the way we go about casting is um, we like to give everyone the opportunity to play different roles so if someone got the straight man in the last play they might get the banana boy in the next one we like to vary it around a bit and we also like to lean into each other's strengths I think it, it gets to a point where you clearly realise where you belong um, I know Henry plays a fantastic banana boy. He plays these really good characters who you can bounce off. So I'm so, so happy to play the straight man opposite that because, you know, a laugh for him is a laugh for us. There's no, it, yeah. it, it, it's uh -huh. not. The group, the teamwork, yeah. team spirit. Put that in your yeah. resume. I have teamwork skills from <laughs> the, the miscreants. Teamwork and can use PowerPoint. Uh, it was collegiate. <laughs> I love team environment. I'm very proficient at Microsoft Word. Yeah, but uh, you have triggered me a bit there, Matt. I have PTSD from this occasion in primary school where there were the, some people came in and they were they put on a couple of shows. And and in the first one, I was 12 years old and I was the star. I was the star of the buddy show. Um, I just remember getting all these girls to add me on Bebo afterwards. And for the next show, I was the star again. And then obviously, the, there was some other kid who was obviously you know. The, the banana man again yeah. and um and his parents complained and i was moved to a role where i had one mother trucking line i had one line twist i forgot to say it oh <laughs> i remember when i was like i got one line i barely even need to i didn't have to learn my lines or anything and then i just i actually in the, when it was on i remember being 12 and everyone was just looking at me and then and then i, I was like huh and then they just moved on, like someone improvised. And I didn't have any lines. What? My parents came to see me. <laughs> so you cut 100% of your lines. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's this a is power thing. move. That's a power move. Yeah, that's actually, all right, if you don't want to give me the lines, I won't do it. You took a vow of silence. I was inadvertently oh. passive-aggressive. You're a monk, mate. Yeah. You said, until I get change, I'm not saying shit. Your show's worthless to me. That's, that's my new comedy group, The Comedy Monks. Do you remember the line now? No, I can't remember. It, it was literally like four words. It was like, I think it was even just like, but why? It was like something like, it was like well, stupid. No, it was it was a statement. I'd rub someone the wrong way or something. I, I, got, I had like the main role and then I got moved to that. It's really interesting that you bring this up because I find when, and we have a lot of lines to learn, namely in the next two weeks before the show happens. <laughs> but I, I, and I think Matt will probably agree, the hardest lines are never big chunks of text. A monologue you can learn, it's it's shit like that. It's like when it's someone else going, da 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 da, -da and I went down to the village and the cow said this. And yeah. your line being, and then what? Uh, Stuff like that. Yeah, it's the really, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's those little words that it's actually harder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come to your 12 year old defence, mate. You had the hardest role on that show, and you need to and you need to stand up for yourself, and you deserve a Tony, mate, posthumously. We'll wait till you die, and then we'll give it to you, mate. Is this be like a really small scale national apology to to the cop by flat for forgetting my one line to Harry Ravalli? We are sorry. We understand that the line was difficult. It's harder to remember a four-word line 
Why don't you apologise to Nauru? Oh, God, we're out of time. Uh, but, but those kids, those drama kids, don't worry about it, man. Thanks so much. Good night. As they say in question time. Thank you so much for that. We're well out of time. Good night. We can't answer that one. Good night. Good night. <laughs> You'd be an amazing parliament. I used to pull that a lot. Like, you know how comedians in their stand-up specials very suddenly end their specials? It'll be something like, and I said to her, well, if it's not going to happen, then that's the way it's going to be. New York, thank you so much. Good night. And then I walk (laughs) off. So I started just pulling that in conversations. Yeah, when someone put that, my boss would say, why are you 15 minutes late for work? The reason I'm 15 minutes late for work sort of comes down to the same reason as thank you so much. Good night. It's been incredible. Thank you, Madison Square Garden. Bye. And then you just walk out of the room and they can't stop you. It's at Metro Arts this time. This is the first time we've done yeah. a Miscreant show at Metro Arts. That's on Edward Street. It's a That's a big theatre for us. It's a big yeah. step. It's a big yeah. step from Annalee last year, wasn't it? Uh, we did it in a garage in Annalee. Yeah. Oh, so this is just like an edgy like name for the, the, the venue. The garage. It just was a garage. Was, you mean yeah. a garage? It was an yeah. actual garage <laughs> in Annalee. Yeah. to clean all of the crap out of it. Yeah, it yeah was, people it thought that was It was a deceased estate. <laughs> Basically. You took over. <laughs> we adverse possession. We had to wait for 12 years before we could open. It was horrible. Uh, yeah. At Met- <laughs> Metro Art. Thanks, mate. That's one for the law, for your law listeners. Oh, it's sick of Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like law. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing, though. Like, it's a big theatre for us, so we do need mm. people to come. So if your listeners out there, it's absurd horror comedy. You don't you don't get that in Brisbane much. I'm begging you. We, we're going to lose personal money <laughs> if you don't come. Please. I can't afford bread. <laughs> well, that that's, that's the sacrifice you make when you try to do something that's not an ASX-listed company. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the goal. We want to Elon Musk. We're going to take this thing... Private. Is he private? He's public. He's public and then he said on Twitter he was going to take Tesla private. And he it was sued a, for It was it. hard to keep up. It was hard to have a nine to five job and keep up with what was happening there. Yeah. yeah. I find that way about most news these days. Yeah. Yeah. The push notifications just... I get more push notifications than texts. It was a bit like me with my girlfriend. You know, I yeah. just lost track. And then one day I was like, hang on, where are you? And she's like, we woke up three weeks ago. Oh, right. <laughs> we at a restaurant. <laughs> you sobbed profusely. I'm like, I can't even remember. <laughs> like, it was in the news, weren't you following? <laughs> you said you were a push notification. <laughs> yes, anyway. Um, so so we, we sorted out who the Andy is. And obviously the Andy is a, a shifting role. Everyone has to be able to play the Andy and the mm. Hamish. That's a, good, that's a good comedy troupe. Yeah. Everyone can do straight and everyone can do but the th- The question is, who is the Louis C.K.? Who's getting their dick out? I think that's you. And so let, let's get to the nitty gritty here. What are the dates? And where the hell do I go? Metro Arts, Edward Street in the city, smack bang in the city, right around the corner from the Vic for all those who know it. Um, and the dates are the 14th to the 17th of November. It is right. a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night show. I, for one, will be there with a date or an empty seat next to me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. On the Thursday, I saw a great band called Twin Twin Peaks. Now, tickets were $35 redos, and uh, I thought I'd exercise a bit of discretion about whether I'd pay that amount or not. Um, not that they weren't worth it. I'm just saying, do I want to reach into my back pocket? Stop judging. Oh, there we go again. You wouldn't steal a handbag, would you steal a concert ticket? Look, I'll get to you in a minute. All I'm saying is, I get to the door, and there's a little lady sitting with a cashier. And I say, La Lista, La Lista. She says, uh, everyone, everyone on the list is here already. I say, La Banda, La Banda. I must see a La Banda. She goes, I don't, I don't speak that. I, I only speak English. I say, Parlez-vous, Parlez-vous. She says, I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. And then I just 
slowly walked in, pointing at my wrist, saying, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And I saved $35. So there's a bit of a tour going on. You're, you're on a bit of a road trip, a bit of a, a, a sisterhood of the travelling stained pants, really, because you're going... We are, mate, we are, yeah. All the way, down, all the way up the weird. East Coast. All the way up the East Coast, from Port Macquarie um, and lovely Port. I don't know a lot about it, but it's near the sea. And then we're heading to Ipswich on the Saturday, which will be interesting. Be careful. And, yeah, I'm really? Yeah, okay. Do tell. It, it might be yeah, reminiscent of that scene from the Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. Oh, when they roll into town. And, yeah. oh, I played Ipswich in soccer stuff. once. It's, oh, been, it's been a lovely oh. night in hospital. Oh, no. I got oh, glass on the soccer field. Oh, see, that's a good start. They took a bottle to the oh, game. They all had bottles oh, in their pants. Yeah. They glassed everyone. Oh, my God. This is not good. We'll have to get the bikini out for that one. November yeah. 4 yeah. at Phase 4 Records down here in Brisbane. Lovely little yeah. venue. Yeah, you know, it's stuff, you know. I don't oh, very oh, well acquainted. I got one of my favourite albums from there, Avalon by Roxy Music. I picked it up for five bucks. JB oh, Hi-Fi, wow. eat your heart out. That's pretty good value, five bucks for, for an album. Wow, that's pretty cool. A cool album. Yes. Like, but, I mean, JB Hi-Fi, so you, you, I mean, they sell records there. But So you buy a record, that's cool, you've yeah. got a record, that's edgy. But you buy it from JB Hi-Fi, that's not cool. That's, you know, no, that's supporting cool. major corporations. So you might as well have stayed yeah, in bed if you're doing that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what's paid for, you really know what you're getting. Oh, and the, the, the people who work there are just lovely. Um, yeah, I believe so. The guy that runs it is a, is a guy called Don. Don, Don I, mean, I don't know. The Don. Don. You know him? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's apparently a lovely guy. Anyway, he's, he's, um, he's getting behind the whole event, which is great. Yes. He does it every Sunday, apparently. Well, it's good to say that you're still flying the flag with punk music because we have a question yeah. here from one of our listeners, yeah. Terry from Belimba. Oh, wow. And okay. Hi, Terry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Terry says hi. Hello, Terry. I, well, I at least imagine that he would say hi back. I'm, I'm assuming that he is well-versed yeah. in basic etiquette. Mm. But Terry, Terry asks, did punk die when The Clash released their single Should I Stay or Should I Go? Or did punk die when music journalists heard Green Bay for the first time and said, oh, that's punk? That's maybe when punk died, because that might be because they might be like the green Green Day might be the sort of diluted form of punk, maybe being modified and marketed at will by families that aren't you know I mean they're not independent they're signed to majors so why how can that be punk you know what I mean like so I always thought that punk was was the whole DIY do it yourself you know we're do, we're doing it by ourselves we're not. Well, that's the punk ideal, but that problem's yeah. been around since 1976. I mean, the, the Sex Pistols' yeah. very first yeah. album came out on, on Virgin, and they were signed to EMI before that. So Exactly. So what does the mourn all mean? You know, like, is it just a, a slogan that... But, you know, I, the way I see it is the way I've always seen it. It's just, you know, it's, it's about um, being independent, being DIY, being doing it on your own, and, you know, not being kind of... Um, not pandering to, uh, to other people's... Um, I don't know, directions and stuff. I mean, you know, whatever. You have a song about developers, and it's called Bastards. Yeah, we do. We really do. Yeah, that's about 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 the bastards. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. It's all. It's, it's about development in all over the world. In um, cities all over the world. Because Beijing is a city that's gone through a lot of development. But here's the uh, issue. Here's the issue, Bob. Developers. Yeah. Developers. <laughs> 
developers are so cashed up from demolishing old homes and putting up uh, blocks of flats that they have a lot of money to buy music and beers and music uh, concert tickets. So is it a yeah. bad commercial decision to, to uh, call developers bastards and polaroids that very lucrative market? Good point. Um, I just got, I don't know, it was just one of those songs that came up once and it was about, and I mean, because this song goes out to those developers. Um, because it was kind of written more about the sort of the fear of being taken over and, and being in people's houses being kind of um, pulled down and, um, yeah, and they were all wearing Brute 33 and all that sort of stuff. I think if you wrote a song called "Developers Are Awesome," <laughs> "Developers Are Awesome," uh, you could you could retire awesome. at forty. Oh, maybe I should. That's the secret, Harry. That's the secret. Yeah. Well, we see all these lend lease vans driving around, just blasting "Developers Are Awesome." <laughs> "Developers Are Awesome." <laughs> They're coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not coming to get you. Well, they're not coming to get you. They're they're they're, they're gonna they're coming to be with you. Yes, we're like coming that. to help. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. Okay, all right. I've got that's my next. That's that's the next song. I think. But do do you have a punk song about um, Donald Trump at all? Have you ever uh, have you have you had no. that, the grand idea of doing that? No, that's a, that's not a bad idea. I'm that sure. means you support Donald Trump. Donald. Okay. Um, maybe I'll, I'll unleash it at phase four. Yes, I don't think uh, anyone's had that idea. I don't know why no celebrity actor or musician, you know, hasn't thought of doing this, you know, publicly declaring that they're anti-Trump. What if you could be the yeah. first to write a song and publicly denounce Trump? Wow. Well, surely it's been done already, hasn't it? <laughs> I'm being <No>. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. Sorry. A punk song about Donald Trump. That's as creative as doing some graffiti on the wall and just drawing a penis. Yeah, right, yeah. It's all, the, all, this, all this silly stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, so when's the, when's the new album coming out? So it's getting mastered at the moment. Yes, it's been mastered as we speak and we'll have copies available at Facebook. Oh, and that's awesome. It'll be, it'll be on the merch table with T-shirts. So we'll just sort of basically um, put it on the merch table and just see what happens, I suppose. But this, you know, the, the, the Don, the Don that runs the place, He's, yeah, I mean, you, you bought your record there, you'd say, you, know, you never know, someone someone might someone might purchase something. You Between you know. and me, Bob, you're selling at least one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> See? <laughs> Yay, I can't wait, and it's going to be good. It's good, it's, it's good, it's good. But then you didn't realise that the Don is actually involved in the music mafia, and he takes a 95% cut of all record sales. Oh, he probably does, doesn't he? Oh, no. They all do, don't they? Welcome to the business. I know, the business. <laughs> That's the why you got to invest in the pro international property market. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. You can have one of the three-day uh, seminar tickets that I bought. I might be interested in doing something new after this tour. Well, you can just keep touring. Yeah, or you just keep touring. Yeah. What about the West Coast? You've forgotten the West Coast. Perth, Fremantle, oh, Broome. Oh, my God. Apparently, it's so expensive to get there. Nauru. Well, they're Manus, Nauru, all those places. Um, Indonesia, I believe, is pretty good. Yes, maybe 15 kilos of marijuana will mysteriously appear in your guitar case. Have a great time in yeah. Indonesia. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have such a good time, you don't want to come back. That'll go down well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's a really good music scene apparently in Java. So, you know, but, yeah, there has been problems with, um, with drugs. Though. I'm loving the new album, and you're bringing the, the show to Brisbane 
on the 9th of November, and it's going to be your final gig of the tour at uh, the Woolly Mammoth. Yeah, that's correct. We're really, really, really excited. And uh, But yeah, it always gets a bit crazy. Uh, last time we played, I can't exactly remember. It might have been the Woolly Mammoth, but um, we had a crazy, crazy show, and everyone cleared out, and we'd realized that all the tables had just been, like, snapped in half somehow, just from everyone standing on the tables and, you know, having a good time. They're a bit, bit too good over time. That is that is the the woolly mammoth effect because I think Hockey Dad came here earlier in the year and they had to evacuate the show and cancel. They were doing three shows. I think they had to cancel the other two because the floor was about to cave in. Um, so these oh, these no boys way. came to our town, uh, ruined our floor, and then buggered off. So I think when you do your show on the ninth, maybe just tell everyone, look, guys, save your jumping until the end. Otherwise, your tour will go out with a bang yeah, and exactly. a few screams. <laughs> Well, it's like that, um, what's that show? You know that show Vinyl that, that came out a while ago on HBO? And there's that scene at the start and the Rolling Stones are playing in this, like, venue and they're playing so loud that they, like, bring the whole building down on top of the venue in New York. That is one hell of a September 11 conspiracy theory. Yeah, the quite, quite literally, exactly. Well, hopefully, you know what? It would add to the bootleg rascal mystique if it happened. So I'm going to say it's... It would, wouldn't it? It's a win-win slash lose-lose, depending on how yeah, full exactly. your cup is. But I tell you what, there could be so much passion at your Brisbane gigs because the punters might come down from Cairns. Now, I know you don't have a Cairns gig lined up. There'll be some criticism about that later on. Actually, it'll be right now because Cairns love their their inner-city like reggae vibes. They, 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 they always loved uh, you know, Fat Freddy's Drop, and I know they love Bootleg Rascal. Um, so why no Cairns gig? Oh, you know, it's 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 always it's, you know it's tough. It's 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 tough touring uh, touring as a band in Australia um, in terms of money wise. You know, and there's always a few cities, unfortunately, that miss out. You know, we've we don't get as much of a chance to get to WA either. You know what I mean? Same with Adelaide yes. and Cairns and Darwin. You know, unfortunately, those kind of cities. They're small towns, but they're very passionate. They love their AFL. They love their amphetamines. The two A's. They love them. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's an old saying, Carlos. You can take the boy out of cans, but you can't take the boy off ice. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's you know bad stuff. That stuff. You know you don't you don't want to get off it. I often stare at the moon at night time, and I stare at it, and I have two questions. If God made the universe, then who made God? And the second question is, why does our taxpayers' money fund the utter dross that is Triple J? I like I like that I like that kid. I, I, I like that a lot. What, what what made you think of that? Because the, I was at Sticky Fingers, and we'll we'll pretend that the yeah. F word is in fact aubergine. So we're not going to say the F word. We're going to say aubergine instead. And there was a bit of a yeah. chant that broke out in between songs of, uh, that Sticky Fingers were playing, and it went a little bit like aubergine triple J, aubergine triple J, aubergine triple J. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was there, I was there at that gig, and I did I did I did hear that. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, people's opinions. Hey, what 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 can you do? I guess. Yes. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of people that feel strongly about a few a few issues that have probably been circulating over the past few months, and yeah. I don't want to put you between a rock so and a hard place, but uh, I know you, you you've been live on Triple J. Uh, you played Asleep in the Machine live in the studio, which went yeah, off, yeah, and yeah. so you know it it. it 
bootleg rascal to the world, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they give they give an opportunity to to many artists, you know, around Australia. You know, and they have that advantage of being you know, a nationally broadcast radio yes. that has you know a huge reach around Australia. You also you you miss the special advantage they have of forcibly taking my money. <laughs> but enough about that though. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Sticky Fingers, and it was lovely to see a, a bootleg rascal cameo on Friday night, um, it really lent credence to the to the lyric, "I'm a bootleg rascal." <laughs> but uh, what came first, the Sticky Fingers song or the bootleg rascal band? The song, the song, the song came first. The, the boys had written the song already, and uh, we were forming as a band. And I think it was we we're trying to figure out a name, and I think Diz and Patty were the, the ones that suggested that, you know, we'd call ourselves Bootleg Rascal, kind of following the, uh, their kind of step in, like calling themselves Sticky Fingers after that Rolling Stones album, you know. And us yes, with the erection on the cover. Calling ourselves. Yeah, that's it, with the erection <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, well, well <laughs> finally we, we can put those rumours to bed. Now only to figure out what came first, the chicken or the overweight person in the country town. Um, <laughs> so... The, the the gig on the have you been doing many underage gigs because there was the the sticky fingers gig itself was all ages and my theory with the under eighteen gigs the all ages gigs is yes let's sell the under eighteen people tickets but then just don't let them in see they'll buy the tickets they'll go to rock up and they'll be really they'll be really mad they'll be like oh my god they're not even letting me in I paid my money but soon enough they'll be eighteen and then they'll just go to gigs so it's just free money and you know even if their daddy's a lawyer he's not going to sue the the the, the band or anything they're going to be like cool my my son's not going to a sticky fingers gig to, and, and shoot up in the disabled bathrooms anymore <laughs> yeah i don't know like i i, I like the i like the, the underage gigs you know uh they're pretty fun it's good for like you know i, I remember being a kid and trying to sneak into the into rock shows or whatever, and uh, I remember my, my, the first show that I ever saw was my dad took me to Maroon Five and Thirsty Merc were opening at the Horden. Oh, the you Merc! Um, yeah, that's it. But I tell you what, I liked—I I definitely liked the, the opener band Thirsty Merc much more than the Maroon Five band. But um, yeah, you know that was awesome, and I think it's really important for young kids to be going to gigs. Like you know, you go to Europe, and there's like. You know, if, as long as you're over 12 and you have a parent with you, you can go to the gig. Oh, you know, and I think that's awesome. In in Europe, they're, they're miles ahead, aren't they? Tappers. What a great idea. It's a small plate for the price of a big plate, so it's a great way to keep the weight off. Well, exactly. They've got to make money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if, if, I mean, if you're heading to America with the new album, there is quite a divisive song because the, the song Murder, Yeah, 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 if I'm not mistaken, is about gun laws. Uh, yeah, there, there is. So Jack, Jack wrote, Jack wrote that song, and it definitely has, you know, a bit of influence in that and whatever everything's going on. You know, you know, I think with like how we were talking about social media, you know, it's, I think gone are the days that you know you don't hear about things that happen around the world, and you know, as artists and writers, you know, you kind of get affected and, and you get inspiration from everything that you see and hear around you. You know, so you know, we've got another song in the in the first album that's called Drop the Gun. So I think there's a bit of a bit of a theme going on there. You know. Well, so bootleg rascal is news done differently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Real news to the music. Eh? What, any song about gun laws needs a guest verse from John Howard. Someone has to do it. <laughs> 
It does. Maybe we can get him in the film clip or something like that. I, I banned the guns. I'm dropping puns. <laughs> I'll butter your buns. Johnny Howard on the mic. You know, I would love to see Johnny Howard do a little spit about gun control. That'd be great. Him and Jim Jeffries. You know, John Howard was in the original meme. The original meme where someone drew in a newspaper clipping headphones on three pictures of John Howard that made it look like he was yeah. DJing. Yes, yes. The OG meme coming out of the newspaper. Yes. Johnny Howard, he's fresh. He's fresh with a dollar sign and 7S. That's, that's it. That's it. Does he have an Instagram page? I really, I really hope that he does. I think he'd kill it in Australia. He actually does, but it's not under his name. It's actually called Dead Possums of Brisbane. It's just pictures of electrocuted <laughs> possums. He's an edgy guy. John, Johnny's Dead, edgy. Yeah, I, I can see that. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten on the, the magpie sweeping bang way. And I think we, we did something that we've always wanted to do, and I think with this album we kind of pulled our socks up and finally actually did it and kind of came up with a few funny ideas. They all kind of revolve around true stories, uh, you know, so it's yeah, they're all kind of special to us, which is nice. The the story about uh, touring with only clothes and no equipment. <laughs> yes, that is that is a true story. We um we were going to Europe. I'm pretty sure it was like our first European tour, and I, I can't remember what airline we were flying with, but you know we had all our equipment and our gear, and you know we we knew we were probably going to get like a you know a, a ch- get charged for our baggage for having too much baggage. But they eventually charged us eleven and a half grand. For, oh my days! Uh, yeah, so we were just like, we can't do that. So it was either our suitcases that was full of clothes or our instruments. And you know, we were going into a European winter, and uh, yeah, we were just kind of like, yeah, let's just leave our instruments here, and we can rent better instruments in Europe. So when you're in Brisbane, you're going to do much sightseeing. I'd love to. I don't know what to check out there. I've been to Brisbane a few times. What are, what, are, what are the sites that I should be checking out? Uh, yeah. Melbourne is famous for its coffee. Sydney is famous for its bridge. And I can say Brisbane is famous for getting glass if you don't go for the Maroons! <laughs> hey, I like to call Brisbane the new Melbourne with better weather. I'll tell you what, Bri- no, I, I, I'm underselling Brisbane there horrendously. It is a wonderful place. I think it's... Uh, we're getting like wine and oyster bars, stuff like that, and everyone's going there wearing thongs, albeit. But you know, I, I dig Brisbane. You know, every time I've gone to Brisbane, I've gone out. I've had a great night. You know, there's there's a heaps of really cool like underground bars that I always randomly find in Brisbane. Um, you know, we always have a really great time. I love Brisbane actually. I really like coming up there. Yes, I, I would say Brisbane. It's a city where you have to dig a bit deeper, but it's there. Um, so I, I do apologise for for being one hour late for the interview. You know, uh, <laughs> daylight savings. We don't have that up here. Kind of screwed us around a little bit, but we, we got there at the end. Yes, you know, I don't want to say it too loudly. There are farmers that might be listening that you know they they hate daylight savings up here. <laughs> we'll get more than needles in our strawberries. We'll get bloody Hep B. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> come in, he come through in the bananas. <laughs> Not the bananas. <laughs> but Carlos, you've been very generous with your time, and I greatly appreciate thanks, it, mate. No, anytime. I'll see you in the ninth. All right, thanks, mate. I'll see you there. I wandered down to Rocking Horse Records the other day, and I said, uh, "One." EP by Body Type, please. And they said, oh, we've looked it up in the database. They're not actually releasing it on vinyl. 2018, guys, get it together. You'll never amount to anything unless you release it on vinyl. Don't you want to make something and then hug it? Like, honestly, if I, if I, if I put out an EP and I don't release it on, on vinyl, 
I would have such a long, hard look at myself. People would come in th- into my room three weeks later, find me emaciated with a long beard in front of the mirror, and they'd say, "Harry, what the hell have you been doing?" I'd say, "I was having, I've just been having a long, and I'm in seriously long, hard look at myself in the mirror." That's what I'd do.